Hello and welcome to the Essential Empowerment Podcast. My name is Amelia Adrian. Together in this space, we'll listen and learn about the ability of essential oils to heal and transform our lives. This is a place for us to diffuse wisdom, to share our understandings and to grow our appreciation for the power of plant medicine with essential oils. And I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. It is a joy and a pleasure to have Tiffany Carroll here, a dear, dear friend, a dear colleague, dear teacher to me on all things to do with the oils, but also beyond and above and below the oils. (laughs) I just want to introduce you to her if you don't yet know of her. She is a, a, a teacher, a speaker. She's an entrepreneur and a writer. She has uh, a very heart-centered approach to her work. She transmits, this is from her bio, the fundamental essence and language of energetic medicine. Tiffany bridges the richness within the worlds, both seen and unseen, and she helps us make this process more transparent and illuminated so that she may lead the way for others to do the same. This is totally how um, I experience her and how I see others experience her. So in this way, Tiffany, maybe would call herself a cultural midwife, serving as a cultural midwife, supporting both healers, teachers, leaders as they birth and continue to birth their future self. She's very much a teacher of teachers, very creatively engaged in the sensitivity of leaders and teachers today. And she honors both Western and Eastern aspects of of learning, of studying, of mind in such a way that, and again, this is in her words, that she allows that to transcend those opposites, but while also not denying the reality of the polarity of the third dimension. Uh You can hear already she's a poet. (laughs) She studied biochemistry at Shriner University, naturopathic and Chinese medicine at Bastia University. She has her licensure in acupuncture and therapeutic body work. She previously had a practice in Washington. Um, She is a published author of Chinese and energetic medicine articles and practices the art or practices, yeah, practices the art and science of energetic medicine professionally for nearly 20 years at this clinic outside Seattle. Um, Additionally, and this was how I came to know Tiffany initially, was through the co-creation of her potent system of pairing essential oils with acupoints and body zones, which facilitates uh, many, many shifts both in body, heart, mind, soul. And this collection of works we call Aroma Point Therapies, and she has absolutely brilliant and extensive online teachings the master healer academy supports thousands of people over the world in this as again they birth their future selves so whether you consider yourself a teacher whether you consider yourself a healer whether you consider yourself a novice those kinds of practices are available to all of us welcome tiffany Mm, thank you (laughs) thank you thank you what a pleasure today we wanted to explore And we'll talk in a wider perspective as well as a a, a specific perspective, but we wanted to explore as a starting point, essential oils as teachers. Mm. Yeah. So my experience of this, I'll keep it simple to start with and then we'll fan out, I think. My Mm. experience of the oils as teachers has been superly profound, super profound. 
the oils as we know have this physical quality they have this emotional quality mm. and when we experience the essential oil whether it's aromatically whether it's on our body even just holding it we can still have an experience with the essential oil what what i've discovered is that it can illuminate a certain part of our being that maybe we recognize and understand but also that maybe we have forgotten lost sight of abandoned mm. covered over in some way and what the oils do in a in a very gentle way but also in a very deep and profound way is they can can awaken reawaken that aspect to of ourself knowing that we have many many different aspects many many different emotions many different parts to our whole mm. the oils can can start to re-reveal those parts that have been forgotten lost or abandoned mm. it's almost like a like a whisper like a fragrant whisper to remind us of our true nature that's that's the most profound healing experience I think I have from using the oils regularly what do you say to that Tiffany is that is that is that your experience of them has that always been your experience of them and how is that experiencing changing as you grow mm, rich question so I'll take because there was like three questions sort of nested in the one. <laughs> Let's start with, um, I love question nesting. I do it all the time. <laughs> so <clears throat> you asked if it's my experience with them. And I think it's I, what I'm actually feeling to speak about right now is, is the trajectory of my experience with them, because that's, that's, you know, it's, it's funny when we speak and we, we sort of offer what our experience is in the moment, it's like a snapshot, a snapshot of someone, but it, it, the snapshot doesn't necessarily capture that person's whole life, but within that snapshot, in a way, you could say their whole life is captured there. In essence, it's in that snapshot, but we don't know what happened along the journey necessarily, unless we have those conversations with the person. So and I, I think that there's assumptions that are made about um, how things come into being that don't necessarily serve us if we don't all, also acknowledge the history or the process of how it came into being. So I'm going to give an example. Mm -hmm. When I first started, when I first started using oils, because I was like 14, 13, I was 13. I was in New Mexico and I kind of stumbled into this little um new age bookstore off of the plaza in santa fe and they had this display of these little bottles that were just so beautiful and just by their very nature they looked so precious and i went over and they had testers they were essential oils and i smelled one and <clears throat> when i smelled it i was transported out of that moment i was and i was at the same time i was more in the moment than i had been so isn't that interesting that we can be transported and more present than ever? And, and it was, it was almost a little bit like a sci-fi experience. And there was a lot of turmoil in my family life at the time. And I was struggling, but didn't know it. Cause you know, I think when you're 13, you don't really know that you're struggling. You're just sort of in it. Perhaps that's always true for us. I'm not sure, but in that moment that I was transported out of time and also into myself, I felt a great deep sense of relief 
that I didn't even know that my body and my soul were longing for. And in that moment of relief, there was nothing to figure out. There was nothing to fix. There was just the pure presencing of myself with myself, unified through fragrance. I wouldn't have articulated it like that at the time, but that's the experience. And it so stuck with me, this, this magic, you know, it felt like magic. And so I actually, you know, would save my money to buy these oils. That was how my love affair with oils started. Then, you know, life went on. I went through a lot of challenging times, a lot of traumatic experiences. I ended up doing the studies that you described in my bio. I opened my clinical practice. And at that time, um, there was a, an oil company that provided oils that were professional grade oils. And, uh, and it was the only one that I knew of. I bought everything I could possibly buy. And I had all of these oils and I just started slathering them on patients, like dumping them into my hand and putting them all over their chest. And, and there was this experience of, uh, I knew that I felt better when I would take in the fragrance and they seemed to feel better too. That was alongside of, uh, this also this experience of like overusing something simply because I didn't know the power of it. And I want to name that piece here too. And, uh, and it was almost in a way like that experience that I had when I was 14, where I opened it up and took in the fragrance that was, um, what I'm wanting to illuminate in contrast is that that was a, a subtle but profound experience that didn't require a lot. I don't even think I took a drop out of the bottle. Fast forward to when I'm older and I'm practicing clinically and I'm thinking that I need to use massive amounts of these oils to somehow make us feel better. And that's kind of all I was relating to at that time. And then what ended up happening was actually I had, um, people had some reactions to the oils on their skin. So then I got afraid and then I stopped using them and then I felt very insecure as a scientist. I'm a scientist at heart. I felt very insecure because if, if somebody asked me, why are you using these? I wouldn't have known how to articulate in a relatively structured kind of grounded way why I was using them. And that I didn't like that feeling. I didn't like that feeling at all. And it sent me on a quest of wanting to understand essential oils in a way that was truly meaningful to me, but that I could also articulate to another that they could plug into and play with themselves and that we could develop that line of inquiry. Like I, ha I had that true genuine desire, but I didn't know what that would look like because I was just in books reading. I, was, I would open up essential oil books, your average essential oil book, and I'd read about how it was an anti-this and the anti-carminative and anti-spasmodic and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, whoa, this is so, feels so disconnected from the sort of radical transformative experience that I've had with these amazing things, fragrances. So uh, I studied, I would study and I would memorize, and I just actually felt more and more distant Hmm. from this powerful tool that was there. And it was when I discovered the fragrance energetics model that I learned from Peter Holmes. And that was basically in a nutshell, that's a way of understanding 
how essential oils move chi energy in the body through the different general fragrance categories. And once I had that as a structural framework, I just took off. My clinic was like this laboratory. I was using oils on people on points and on myself, and I was doing it thoughtfully. So rather than slathering, it's like putting too much salt on a food dish. Mm-hmm. You, this is, you don't actually get some of the profound taste impacts mm-hmm. when you cover it in salt or sugar. So with the oils too, here I was placing one drop of an essential oil on an acupoint and noticing the changes from that within individuals and within myself. And I was doing it consistently. And then I started to notice really substantial, profound, and I would even say karmic changes Mm -hmm. in my life and in the life of my patients. And then I was like, well, okay, what is going on here now? And how was this made possible? How was this made possible? How can I go from I'm slathering lavender on somebody for relaxation when I'm doing craniosacral work to I'm thoughtfully placing essential oils, key essential oils on key points, and we're unraveling karmic patterning in our being and fundamentally changing. So uh, that's sort of, that's the evolution. And then just to name where it's at now is, um, unless you want to pop in anything, insert anything right here. The only thing I'm, I'm thinking while you're talking is that I have a full uh, understanding of, of the transformation of karmic resonance oh, yeah. of being from a buddhist perspective which is part of my background karma is it's very misunderstood term i think although becoming more mm. understood now but karma is 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 sometimes just described as your state of mind mm. in that moment which simplifies everything so much oh my gosh i love that and it's so uh, obvious that that's what the oils would do for us they would oh. they would capture a state of mind they would call in a state of mind in that moment and with regular use you start to you start to have that state of mind more frequently or you call in expression of that state of mind more frequently so obviously it's changing your karma backwards and forwards yes gosh I love that that is right on and I and I think that that's one way of really explaining what I was witnessing Mm. That is, that is, um, we can kind of sink our teeth into what you just said. That's, that's something to behold. Because I think depending on the level of awareness and kind of intention behind the awareness that we bring to oils, it can be everything from like, oh yeah, essential oils, they help you relax. You think of it lift like spas <laughs> all the way to, um, you know, the right oil on a right point at the right time can open up portal ways to the multidimensionality of a human being so that they can access their future self and their past self in the present moment and unwind things that have, they've been bound up in for decades, for their lifetime, perhaps. I am a hundred percent, I mean, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent in possessed knowing possessed in the positive sense, possessed knowing that the essential oils have completely radically changed who I am. And at the same time, what they actually did was connect me to who I've always been in a consistent way. So instead of it being glimpses of Tiffany's authentic nature, Mm. 
-hmm. it's like, oh, Tiffany now lives her authentic nature on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I'm human and I'm messy and I get off track and I have an ego and all that's there. But the, the, the oils have attuned me over the years so profoundly to the, to the essential nature of who I am. And they've given me access to what is available for me to play with in myself, in this human experience, in this body. Uh, yeah, just incredible. If I can bring it right to the present moment, just for a heartbeat, what is the oil right now that is reminding you the most of your authentic nature what's the one because we tend to have oils that we work with in I tend to have oils that I work with in kind of sequence so I'll work, really be in into blue tansy for like a week mm -hmm. or a month or something like that what mm -hmm. is the oil right now that's that's most helpful I know it's it's diminishing to just choose one oil, but let's do it <laughs> what is the oil right now that's most helpful to bring you back to your authentic nature or reminding you of a part that you keep forgetting or you keep misplacing? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think um, so I also wanted just for full transparency, mm. name that uh, while for years and years and years, I used the oils on myself on a daily basis mm. to even kind of fine tune my own being as an instrument. I think because I've done that for so many years, what happens now is that I will often go days and days and not use an oil, which is wild to say, because I will attune to that plant spirit, mm. like on the fly, on the go as I need it. And, and, um, and in essence, it's like calling on an energy of a plant to invoke or evoke that energy within me. And so the edge that I've been uh, surfing in my experience these days has to do with renunciation. And I'm gonna get to answer your question, but in this slightly longer way is the renunciation has to do with this, that. I'm becoming more and more fierce in relationship to slicing away what isn't true immediately. And how that manifests is in the moment that I notice that a doubting thought or a questioning energy enters the room of my psyche, I'm, I'm very vigilant about not engaging with it or disengaging in the moment that I noticed I did engage and not trying to figure anything out. So not only do I not believe it, but I, I'm not trying to figure it out because as soon as I enter into like, there's something wrong and I need to figure it out, then I'm already making out with that thing. Like I'm, we're, we're in it. We're, we're together. We're kissing, we're hugging, you know? So, um, so this is the edge that I've been surfing in myself is like, there's a fierceness of self-protection in a way that I wouldn't have even been able to fathom six months ago, to be honest. And what it's doing is it's my commitment to myself in service because we don't, we don't have time to mess around swimming in, in um, these sort of doubting soups 
because probably anybody, I'm thinking maybe anybody that's listening to this, perhaps, has already been so familiar with that. And there's nothing new that they're going to find by swimming around in there. There's nothing new to figure. You're not going to figure out and solve the problem of your problem from that place. So the, in terms of the oil that I feel like has best been, if I call it in as a spirit, I love Laurel for, uh, for just the quick clarity and the, the claiming of my victorious self. It doesn't matter if I'm in the midst of making a mistake or if I'm thinking about how I could have done that thing so much better it doesn't actually serve or help me to stay focused on that. It serves and helps me to immediately identify with the victory that has just occurred, even if it was a messy victory. (laughs) And Laurel helps me claim that faster than any other oil that I know of. So I, I, I experienced that as a practice of resilience, of coming, keep coming back to yourself, keep coming back home, keep coming back home. And when you notice the, the doubt, I think it's just a different label um, to call it resilience as opposed mm. to renunciation, maybe. Mm, yeah, I like that. Yeah. So cool. Well, the only thing I would add to that is yeah. that with, with resilience, uh, that's a passive, it's sort of a passive word. And and uh, it, it, in a way, it's like the effect of something. And what I, so we, we practice certain things and we develop resilience. Mm-hmm. But the, there is an act that, that is pre-resilience. That is you, a human actually deciding and choosing something over another that allows resilience to be cultivated. And that choice point, my, I heard a t- Buddhist Tibetan monk once when I, in Ojai, California, he said the most beautiful definition of renunciation I ever heard. He said, renunciation is the natural result of putting your attention on what's of most value. Renunciation is the natural result of putting my attention on what's of most value. What's of most value here right now mm-hmm. to put my attention on? That's a, that's a powerful contemplation. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, I build resilience. And it isn't about making anything bad or wrong. It isn't about saying, oh no, Tiffany, there you went again and you got, you got in bed with the doubt. You're not being your authentic self, shame on you, da, 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 da. It's really, it's an empowered choice. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Thank you for the reminder. Can you speak for a moment to the practice of calling in the plant spirit? So if, because that's a leap of faith for many of us to understand. Mm. And maybe you can break that down a little bit so that when we have those moments, Mm. for those of us that really do lean on the oils as support, but maybe we don't have it in our purse or we're somewhere we don't have whatever the oil is that we particularly are are calling, calling on. I've heard you speak about it before, but maybe you can just briefly explain that process for us. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you asked. First of all, I don't really think it's possible to do it in any kind of satisfying way if you don't have a... Is this true? Yes, it's true. If you don't have some degree of authentic connected relationship to that oil, 
it's it's hard to say you can call it in in a substantial way. Now, the relationship to that oil could just, it could be that you, it's one of your favorite oils and you use it all the time. That's a relationship with the oil. I, I, I would also invite people to meditate with the oils, to do a meditation practice with the oils and, and listen to them. And in a sense, you're, you're, well, it's just like in our human relationships. You know, when we are with the people that we really have depth of relationship with, part of that has to do with time and part of that has to do with presence and how much we show up in that relationship, even if we only meet with them once a year. But when we're there, we're really listening to each other. We're really bringing it. So it's the same with the oils. If we do that over time with the oils, we really show up for them in our in our in, it's it's. It's so strange that it's coming in this way, but it's devotional in its own way. And, and people might, in lay terms, experience it as like, I'm in love with Rose. I love Rose. I put it on all the time. I just love it. That's, that's, that's a devotional relationship. It's a, it's a proclamation of love and appreciation, which is devotion. And so if somebody has that, that's enough to be the gateway to calling in the spirit of the oil, but I wanted to name that I, I do think that that's a requirement to doing what we're talking about here. And then once a person has that, which is a real and substantial relationship and respect that exists in time and out of time simultaneously, then if they don't have the oil, but they want to feel the way they feel when they're using the oil. So again, if someone loves rose, they, and I say, why do you love rose? And they say, oh, because when I put it on, I just, it's like everything melts away. All this that I've been carrying and trying to figure out, it just melts away, even if it's for two minutes or five minutes, but it's such sweet relief. Okay, they know in their visceral experience what that feels like. It's connected to rose. It's connected to when they actually smell actual rose or put actual rose on their body. Now, once they've done that, even if they don't have the rose, they can close their eyes and call or connect with rose. And in the moment that they genuinely connect with rose, all of a sudden the physiological changes start happening in the body. I want to put just to drive this point home so that if in case this is feeling too abstract or like, I don't know, new agey for someone is this is this is fact in biology that if you're a drug addict, if you're addicted to methamphetamine and you always bought your methamphetamine on a certain corner in a certain area of town and then you get sober and you drive by that area of the town or you do the activity where you used to do the drug all the time, your body can instantly start feeling high even though you haven't even done the drug. So, you know, that's kind of a quote unquote negative example, but it's biological. We know this, it's proved in science. So this is no different than that. We're just doing it with powerful, positive allies. I've heard it from a different teacher spoken about in a different <clears throat> way in relation to imagination and breath work. And there's, uh, there's a practice that he spoke about where you can visualize and imagine doing exercise. And there's a certain part of your physiology and your body that will actually go through that whole process and, and your body will almost feel like it's done that exercise. It's been through mm -hmm. that process. Um, mm -hmm. And one thing that also was 
kind of coming into my mind as you were speaking about calling in the oil and I've never thought about it like this but it feels right to say it is it's like when you have you call the memory of somebody you really love into your being and it's it's not mm. that they're there with you physically but the feeling is there with you the memory of that person whether they're still here on this earth whether they're not here on this earth anymore whether you see them once a year as you're saying you can call and evoke that person into your consciousness into your being into your mind and it's it can it can really feel as if their presence is there and felt yes yes yeah <laughs> yeah um okay i want to read back to you something that you sent to me which is is it from the oracle deck or from the book that's from the inner nature book that piece okay so you have two pieces of work that i know we're um excited to receive mm. when they come our way and so one is a book around the inner nature of the oils of the essential oils and then the other is a oracle deck using uh, essential oils as allies of transformation mm -hmm. so this if you want to speak about those and please do is there anything you want to say about those before i read to you oh just that i'm so thrilled that they're coming into being this year and and also <laughs> that I'm learning a lot about the process of, of um, creating at this level and that there's a lot of steps involved and a lot of amazing people that are involved in the project. So it's gonna be phenomenal. I think it'll when it's finally in hand, it'll probably be fall time mm -hmm. of this year of 2022. And, it's, and they're so, so rich on every level from like the packaging to the writing to the artwork just rich 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 deep respect to the plants mm, i can feel it so the excerpt that i'm going to read is around around understanding the oils as teachers so it's beautiful mm. it's very poetic and it reads like this the soul is a vast landscape of the imagined and the unimaginable Indeed, it is the soul that bridges these two and discovers itself in the stretch. Mm -hmm. In Sri Lanka, when you are hugged by a local, they sniff your neck. To me, it feels like a hello and a question. What is the fragrance of your soul? One's mm -hmm. personal and yet transcendent nature encapsulated in fragrance, the fragrance of the soul. It's through the ineffable that we know not the knowing of facts and tangibles it's something of instinctual nature the nature of our nature mm. and that knowing rises from the marrow in our bones kissing the stardust that we breathe fragrance woos awareness inviting it with slightly mysterious allure to union with these knowings knowing of what you might ask a bit a piece a place a texture of the soul an utterance from the ungraspable self hence the love affair to top all that of aroma and soul their enchanting dance weaving together the transcendent treasures of history ungraspable this is the journey shared through the aperture of aroma what i love about when you first sent it to me i kind of couldn't read i kind of had to put it down because it was so, so rich, it was kind of like beaming out of the phone from me. Just a text message. Like I, I can't read that now. I have to just put it away and come back and read it. And I read it and read it. And each time I reread it, it 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 resonates in a different way with me. So that to me 
shows me that it's true poetry and mm. and and I think that this poetic language is 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 required to fully uh, do justice to the power of the oils mm, well said yeah yeah so thank you for finding the words <laughs> mm. the words what I like about this as well is it's trying in the way that words always fail but can do everything possible in their in their capacity too to articulate both soul and individual individual individuality it's mm -hmm. it's 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 bridging those two and using essential mm -hmm. oils or fragrance more specifically i think within this um within this excerpt as as a as like a thread to weave mm -hmm. into that and to help us understand how do you, what's your process for what for what for writing write, or? for writing for for not for for i mean i know it's probably a, a lifelong practice of of working with the oils with yourself with with all the practices that you have but what's what's the process of of unraveling that for you and unraveling what exactly the 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 understanding of soul putting words to that and then the understanding of how fragrance weaves into that self-knowledge how aroma weaves into that self-knowledge where does it is i guess what i'm asking is is it something that is consciously written or is it something that is almost channeled oh i love that I have a, I have maybe a different, slightly different relationship to this idea of channeling than perhaps most people. So I'll name that first that I don't see channel and you weren't necessarily saying this, but I don't, I don't see channeling as a passive process. <clears throat> I know when I was, had my clinical practice and a lot of the other healers would say, when I started working with healers and innovators to bring forth what they were here to bring forth, a lot of people, especially women, I'll name this, especially women, they would shy away and say, oh, but I'm just a channel. I'm just a channel. Like I almost like saying, I'm nothing. I'm just the channel. The magic is coming because I'm the channel. And I said, yes, but you, you are the one choosing to make yourself available to channel through whatever you're channeling through. So there is agency, there's volition there. And it's it's important to actually, you know, we could say own that. So in, in regards to the question, there's like, I think the, I think it's a, it's a, it's a really sweet combination of history with the oils combined with respect, combined with love, combined with desire that I have for them and they have for me. And with all of those ingredients, if I make myself available that in the way that it feels like they're beckoning me to do so, which ultimately is to deliver emergent content, emergent content about who, who they are, how they are, how can they support, how do we engage like that? So, um, so then if I make myself available, then in a way it is like I receive 
I'm receiving. That's kind of what probably what I think you meant by channeling too. When you asked is I'm receiving something that wants to be expressed and that that I'm receiving that wants to be expressed transcends duality but it comes into me as a human being who lives in a three-dimensional world of duality we have day and night and black and white and pain and pleasure and all these things so the most beautiful part about receiving these transmissions from the oils and then and then transmitting them through this vessel that is called Tiffany has been to embrace the uh, challenge of translating from this world, from that world to this world and honoring the integrity of what wants to be transmitted through the human language, which is born of duality. Mm. And, and that, in my opinion, that requires poetry, which is why I think it started coming through poetically because, po because otherwise when we're in the logical mind, we're always gonna be compartmentalizing it to some degree. And the oils are like, no, this is how I feel it sometimes is no. We, we, do, we do not wanna be communicated that way, at least not through me, you know, not through this work. No, we, we, want, we want this transmission of, of what we are and how we are as beyond being bound in in a polarized uh understanding mm. do you know what i mean when i say polarized understanding i because i kind of wonder i use that a lot and i don't know if people know what i mean no explain further yeah it's funny mm -hmm. so a polarized understanding would be that we locate ourselves in one side or another to understand so we do it all the time. You know, we have right wings and left wings in politics. We have people that are pro pro abortion and against abortion. There's oh, we could take any subject matter and you have the people against it and the people for it. Mm. So that's that's one aspect of polarization. So with the oils, it's like we could take one one stance or another with them. But there's there's a transmission of totality that they're wanting us to access. So I'll just give you an example with Laurel because we talked about Laurel. The polarity that we're familiar with that Laurel helps with is I, I've won or I've lost. I did good or I did bad. I endeavored to create that thing, but I didn't do a very good job creating it, right? That may all be true. I'm not saying that that's not true, but it's not necessarily productive to stay hanging out in that polarity as a creator, either being so attached to the things that you did great or so attached to the things that you did crappy, because at a certain point, if you're gonna up your level of genius in whatever you're doing, you have to learn how to tap into something that's beyond polarity mm -hmm. while still holding an awareness of the polarity that exists. And, and so the so Laurel, the transmission that's coming through the book is when we go beyond the unproductive polarity of winners and losers, and we actually feel the embodiment of our ability to give rise to win-win phenomena, to truly win-win phenomena. 
Does what did what I say make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. So to me, that's uh, being okay with the paradox. Yes, let me feel that. I recently um, mm. was practicing with one of my yoga teachers, Judith Lasseter, and she writes poetry all the time. And she read, I don't recall the full poetry, po the poem, but she read a, a poem called Happiness is a Paradox, I think it was, or one of the phrases in there was Happiness is a Paradox. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, what did you say to be to be okay with the paradox? What was the yeah, phrase? To be, to be to be to be able to hold both both in Buddhism we call it two truths. So to be able to hold yeah. two truths in one in one in one space. Yes, to be able to hold two truths in one space and locate one's choice point for the future from that place. Yes. Totally. which is radical i just want to name that that's radical this is this is the cutting edge development in human consciousness right now mm. in spiral dynamics we call it second tier consciousness it is it's it's pretty radical <laughs> what we're talking about mm. so tell me about spiral dynamics you can't just drop that phrase in the oh, yeah. <laughs> spiral <laughs> dynamics is what I've, I've devoted a lot of my adult life to the study of it's the study of the evolution of human consciousness mm -hmm. so we look at the study of human consciousness within individuals family units and culture mm. and and uh, uh just like a child has different stages in their consciousness you know the terrible twos is likened to a particular stage in uh spiral dynamics warrior consciousness you know it's, it's very ego-centered i want what i want and i want it now <laughs> and the universe is me and then you know we continue to develop um what this piece i think that you'll find interesting perhaps people that are listening is Prior to, and this is speaking to this thing about beyond polarity, is that prior, uh, I'll say this, civilization has utilized unproductive polar polarizations to leverage growth for all of human history. So what this looks like is that we we actually push against a problem in order to create the solution. So we go, this is the problem, this is the problem, we gotta create the solution. So we're pushing something away to create the next. And that's worked, it it's actually creates a kind of leverage. We know, we know this in our own experience when we do it with things. Like I notice it a lot of times when I wanna change something in my life, if I don't actually change it, when I have the impulse to change it, then I have to start creating some drama around it. <laughs> I start creating some drama around it and then I can just like shove it away because I've made it bad or wrong or I just can't take it anymore. <sighs> so that's, uh, we do that individually, we do that as, uh, in civilization and within culture. So the hallmark of what we're, what we have, what we're peeking into is called second tier consciousness. And one of the hallmarks of second tier consciousness is that we don't have to push, a, we don't have to push against the unwanted to create the wanted, mm. that we can choose and align with the wanted and that that can actually be the leverage to guide us in the spiraling up. And what that does is it, it, uh, it, it, it actually gives this opportunity for karmic cycles 
for karmic cycles to basically transmute on the spot because we're not engaging with them anymore in the push pull lose their power <clears throat> exactly so this spiral dynamics this is what's happening in consciousness at the upper edge of consciousness and this is how the oils want to be communicated mm -hmm. is how they can help us to embody that mm -hmm. i call it the magical third position or the place of the place within us that's beyond polarity mm -hmm. but that is uniting us to desire simultaneously mm -hmm. i love it isn't it so cool it's yeah. the best yeah and i can just think of so many so many other examples of it in life in you know in my life and in my practice so in in one of my yoga practices we have I pra one of the practices that i love to do is a practice called katona yoga and we it's based on taoism the philosophy of taoism and we have a, a practice where you create like a third hand where you interlace your hands together and place them on the mat um, rather than two hands, one, left and right, you create a third way. You create a third uh. foot by, by kind of interlocking your knees. Um, oh, I love It's so that. cool because it just gets you out of this left-right thinking, this, this, as you say, polarity. So it's, it's, it's yeah. this, this is really mirroring a lot of, a lot of really, um, you know, beautiful practices that speak to me. So, yeah, thank you for oh, talking man. about it in a new way again. Mm. Mm. oh tiffany it's so good to speak to you thank you so much for so good too being here and um and just sharing uh, your heart sharing your heart and your words and we are so excited to 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 receive the book and the deck when they when they land and wish you so much ease and grace with the evolution of those thank the you processes that are required to bring that into creation is there anything else you'd like to 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 leave us with yes i believe there will be let me feel it i feel it as an invitation hmm. I feel it as this invitation to be still and in acknowledgement of the totality of oneself in this moment. To feel the merging of the timelines, <clears throat> the merging of all the desires merging of all the fears, you know, everything sort of coming into what almost feels like a singularity of presence right now. And to know that as such richness, the totality of it, because it is such richness. Yeah, and I'll, and then, you know, in closing a shout out to that's a funny word shout out where'd that come from <laughs> a shout out to you amelia to you i love you so much and to what you, you so what yeah what you're doing what you're creating to this this mission with sharing and to your community and to anyone new coming into your community at any point in time you're in such good beautiful deep hands with amelia and thank you mm, love you tiffany love you too 
I will put links to where people can find you and connect with you and study further with you if they're not already in that process. And um, I look forward to talking to you again and again and again. So thank you so much, love. Bye. Bye.